0: Hello. Some years ago I had a friend who was, like several of the acquaintances of my youth, much older than me. This was hardly remarkable since I had from an early age respected the wisdom that came with maturity and I tended to pick up more on the acumen of my seniors than the fads of my peers. The trait probably came from a combination of living with my grandmother and having no siblings, but let me not digress, back to my friend, sadly no longer with us, but whose pronouncements still resonate with me. One such was his take on coincidence, which he dismissed as the good Lord having a laugh. Yet behind his irreverent cynicism, he may have had a point, a point of which recent events have served to persuade me. Coincidence is defined by the Oxford English Dictionary as a remarkable concurrence of events or circumstances which have no apparent causal connection. The first known usage is from around 1605, and the concept has exercised thinkers ever since. The subject has crossed boundaries of philosophy and mathematics, where sceptics such as George Charpak and Henry Rock suggests that coincidence may be explained by a mathematical consequence of apophenia, the human tendency to perceive meaningful patterns within random data. The truth is, our personal definition will inevitably be guided by our experiences. So I would like to relate one of mine, a series of apparently unrelated circumstances that perhaps still mindful of my old friend, I'm struggling to convincingly apply the word coincidence as I understand it. Allow me to set the scene. The area around the junction of the A449 with the A458 at Stoughton was the site of various inns for more than 300 years the final incarnation of the Stuponi and Foley Arms Hotel to afford its grand full title. A huge roadhouse geared towards the increasingly ubiquitous motorist and which boasted one of the last open-air Lido's in the area was built in the 1930s adjacent to the smaller 18th century version that it replaced. By 2010, its fabric was in sore need of attention and the disused Lido had been long reclaimed by nature. The inn and lido were demolished and the site is now housing, but the name lingers in both the memories of residents and by dint of the stewpony lock on the Staffordshire and Worcestershire Canal directly across the road. In its heyday, the inn was a key stop on the Kinver Light Railway that ran between Wollaston and Kinver between 1901 and 1930, and being roughly halfway along the line, the inn became hugely popular with thirsty passengers. The origin of the name Stew Pony remains a puzzle. One explanation suggests it to be a corruption of the Latin Stauri Pons, meaning, quite literally, Stour Bridge, albeit the eponymous town is some distance away. Another points to the monasteries in the area where the, the monks set a diet of carp that were kept in stew ponds. But perhaps the most convincing reason is offered by the Reverend Sabine Bering Gould variously an Anglican priest, scholar, biographer, and antiquarian, he is most widely remembered for composing the words to onward Christian soldiers in 1865 that were set to rousing musical effect by Arthur Sullivan in 1871. He was also a novelist and a frequent visitor to the Kinver area nearby. His 1898 novel, Bladdis of the Stew Pony, is a gripping tale that's alternatively a historic novel and a work of romance that offers a vivid contemporary account of the privations of women at the turn of the 18th century as evinced through the experiences of our eponymous heroine Bladys Ree, described in the introduction as commonly known as stewpony blah although the story is fictional as with many of bearing girls works the settings and historical aspects are well researched and highly accurate Thus, his precision affords a measure of credence to his own definition of stoop pony, where, in Chapter 2, he relates, and I quote, An old soldier in the wars of Queen Anne, a native of the place, settled there when her wars were over, and, as was customary with old soldiers, set up an inn near the bridge at the crossroads. He had been quartered at Estepona in the south of Spain, and thence he had brought a Spanish wife. Partly in honour of her, chiefly in reminiscence of his old military days, he entitled his inn the Estepona Tavern, the Spanish name in English mouths becoming rapidly transformed into Stewpony. The tribulations of Bladis are even now a riveting read, and one of my favourite books as it happens. A heroine eventually leaves her torrid past behind her and finds a happy new life with her saviour on faraway canals. Ah, the canals. A pang of empathy, the trigger word. Having been a waterways enthusiast for all of my life, could my interest in Bladis be my own causal connection or apophenia for three particular coincidences? In the earliest days of cinematography, the novel was made into a film by Benjamin Priest, a nut-and-bolt magnate with premises in Old Hill, who lived in Kinver. Priest wanted to make a film of the story based around his home area, so he set up a film company in the summer of 1919 and did exactly that. It starred Marguerite Fox in the title role, with other luminaries of the day including Arthur Chisholm, Wyndham Guise, James Broadhurst, Noel Graham, Nan Carroll and one Irene Priest, Benjamin's own daughter. The filming took place at many of the locations mentioned in the book, such as the Holy Austin Rockhouses, although it's believed the Whittington Inn a Mile or so along the A449 is thought to have doubled as the 18th century Stuponi, which by then was a busy stop on the Kinvall Art Railway, and thus with its tram and overhead wires, no longer in keeping. The film premiered on the 18th of September 1919 at Benjamin Priest's Grand Theatre in Old Hill, adjacent to his factory. Although apparently not a national success, it was still being shown in The Grand up to 1922, whereupon it was placed in storage. The film was largely destroyed during a clear out of the cinema in the 1950s, and only a few still survive. Now, coincidence one. My late father, Ronald, was an employee of Benjamin Priest for almost all of his working life until his untimely death in 1989. Coincidence 2. He told me how, as a young man in the 1950s, he was part of a team tasked with clearing out the Grand Theatre. It's therefore highly likely that my own father was in part responsible, albeit unwittingly, for the loss of the film version of one of my favourite books. All of this was a long time ago, so let me bring my tale bang up to date with Coincidence number 3, the most recent I have unearthed. For the same reason of being in keeping that filming was transferred from Stew Pony to the Whittington, which is latterly renamed, Priest used other locations that were still much as they were in the 18th century. And one of them is the tiny village of Pembridge, just over the hill from where I now live on the borders. So, having established a new life many miles from my old, I find a hitherto unknown family connection literally just along the road. Coincidence? (laughs) Let someone far more expert than I offer an answer to that one, as I ask my local booking shop to give the odds of all those particular ducks lining up in a row. (laughs) With such predictions could I be a very wealthy man. As could, I suspect, anyone who might ever successfully fathom their own nagging coincidences. Enjoy your black country, and do join me again soon for more Tales from the Barn.